This is the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames. Brought to you by Special Needs Family Hour, Inc. For the next hour, we'll be discussing the particular challenges and real-life solutions for families with special needs. If you found us, please know that you are not alone. To find out more, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here is your host, Julie Ames, on AM860, The Answer. Thanks for listening today to the Special Needs Family Hour. I'm Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. Our show is dedicated to helping those parents and caregivers who are caring for special people. The theme of the show is the essay, Welcome to Holland, by Emily Pearl Kingsley. Kingsley describes the experience of raising a child with a disability. It's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy, only to realize that your plane has landed in Holland. Holland isn't a bad place, it's just a different place. So you must go out, buy a new guidebook, learn a whole new language, and meet a whole new group of people you never met. Holland is a code word for living life with those with disabilities. My hope and prayer is that the challenges we face in Holland will make us better people. It has been an interesting time in Holland for us. Our oldest two daughters, Marie and Christina, are on the autism spectrum and have intellectual disabilities. Our youngest daughter, Anna, is a typical teenager. Maria is a recent graduate of the PEP and Transition program, and she has her first paying job. Christina is still having health challenges. She is scheduled to have more tests at the hospital to determine what exactly is causing her intractable nausea. Today we have a great show. We will discuss the PEP and Transition job training program for individuals with learning and learning-related disabilities. Our guests are with the Pepin Academies, a tuition-free public charter school dedicated to students with learning disabilities and learning-related disabilities. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860 The Answer. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. I'm here with Dr. Jeff Skronik, Executive Director for the Riverview and Tampa campuses, and Janae Captain, the Transition Coordinator of the Pepin Academies. Hi, please tell our listeners about your background and how you became interested in working with students who have special abilities. I guess we'll start with you, Dr. Jeff Skronik. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you for having us here. An opportunity to talk about the great transition program that we are uh, constantly revamping and reorganizing. Um, I'm in the executive director role for all of about seven or eight months now. Yes. Uh, Prior to this, I was an associate professor of child psychology and a director uh, at the University of Tampa, uh, where I was uh, for 13 years. Uh, I also served on the board for the Pepin Academy Schools for about eight years and was chair of the uh, school's foundation board for a while as well. Uh, When our previous executive director passed away, uh, it was a very good friend of mine um, who I will say I miss dearly. Um, I, I took on a lot of the roles. Uh, wherever possible, uh, you know, through the through the through the board chairship, right. uh, and in doing all that, I was approached to ask to consider the position. And um, the the personal side of me said there was no doubt. The professional side of me of of thirteen years as a professor and dedicated to that uh, passion 
um, did a lot of thinking right. and uh, realized this is this is where I want to be with opportunity to to make a change for for children in a different way uh, yes. at younger levels uh, and for children with learning disabilities uh, because my background is actually in uh, child psychology right. and a specialization in finding the strengths of children with various learning related issues. Uh, I've done research on the memory strengths of children with ADHD, uh, our perceptions of executive functions for children with Asperger's and autism. Right. Uh, and so it's just Pepin Academy gives you an opportunity to uh, explore those passions in a different way, uh, right. kind of leading the charge, if you will, as executive director, although uh, I'm learning very quickly that uh, the the saying the best leader is a good follower is definitely true. Um, so my my background that got me here was I have a, a PhD in child psychology from the right. University of New Hampshire, um, and uh, years ago I just became fascinated with the way that we perceive disabilities and disorders. Um, right. it, it started with ADHD uh, and how you know something as simple as uh, the, the misunderstandings or the perceptions of just an active kid can be seen right. so differently by so many different people. Uh, you could take a kid that's just kind of highly active and one person sees it as a problem and one person doesn't. Uh, right. If one person sees it as a problem and you go down that path, you create a very interesting future for a child who's seen maybe a different way than what they are. Uh, and I think right. all too often we, we focus so much on those weaknesses and those things that are uh, – detracting from the overall child that we've missed a great opportunity to see their strengths and so uh here i am uh, wow. seven eight months into the position and never looking back so how did you first hear about pepin academies uh actually through a colleague of mine at the university of tampa who is in the education department an absolutely wonderful woman uh, named dr patty o'grady uh, she was in the education or is in the education department at the university uh, and said I, I think i got a spot for you that you'd really like uh, and it, it amazes me that some people have such foresight and wisdoms right. because that turned into an eight-year position, uh, and, and now here I am from right. a, a conversation that happened in an elevator. Uh, we were both similarly trained. She was just in the education side. I went to the psychology side, and uh, I went to one meeting and, and heard about what Pepin was and, and, and what the schools do, and that's it. I was hooked. Perfect fit. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes. Well, Janae. Tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you became the Pepin Transition Coordinator. And we've known each other for a while. Right. Um, well, I've <laughs> been years. with yeah, I've been with Pepin for for seven years. But prior to that, I actually studied music at Aquinas College in Michigan wow. with a desire to become a music therapist. So um, I didn't go down that path. Ended up um, being a performer, and while I performed, started substitute teaching in schools in, in the in the Grand Rapids Public Schools District in Michigan. And wow. I, I didn't know any of this. Yeah, this is new. Um, <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. I, I fell in love with a long-term subposition working with, um, uh, I guess it was an intellectual disabilities classroom, and it was a high school classroom. And I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. So I love music, but right. the love that I felt in working with children and was, was greater. So I ended up moving to Florida and pursuing education. Um, because there was a track program for me to have a bachelor's degree and be able to do a um, fast-track teacher certification. And uh, wow. started teaching in Largo, Florida, um, was there for a couple years. And then I heard about Pepin Academies, and I was like, this is where I have to work. Um, oh my. Okay. I met Jerry Henry in yes. an interview and uh, felt like I was home. Everything yeah. that Pepin Academies was was really special. And uh, from there, I became an ESC specialist. 
Yes. And that's so how we know each that's other. That's how I know you. I was <laughs> I was one of your daughter's case managers. And yes. so I, I loved being an ESC specialist, mm. but I felt like I wanted to do more. So I did that for seven years. And when the transition coordinator position came open, um, I honestly didn't have faith in myself to do it because it felt like such an enormous task. It is but an enormous task. all of my coworkers encouraged me and made me apply. <laughs> and I'm so glad I did because this is what I meant to do. Yes. Well, and it's a big job. We're going to get into all, all the things that the transition program is doing now, but it is a big job. I'm amazed at how much it's grown just in the past year. So, well, so Dr. Jeff's running. Now, you were telling me that people at work call you Dr. Jeff? That's correct. Yeah. That okay. <laughs> Most people can't say my name, my last name. Okay. All right. I think I just figured it out a few years ago myself. Okay. So, I will be calling you Dr. <laughs> Jeff. So, as we talk about the PEP and transition program, who is eligible to participate in the program? Or Janae. <laughs> yeah. Um, students that are able to participate must have graduated and completed their 24 credits, um, but defer their um, receipt of their diploma. And this is something new, and especially if anyone's listening that's from out of state. In Florida, and correct me if I'm wrong, in Florida, if you're special needs, and my kids were grandfathered under the old way. Mm-hmm. But if you're special needs and your kid is about to graduate and you're doing the IEP, you want to defer graduation. If you don't defer it for transitional training and you say no, you won't be able to go back and change it later. Right. At Prior to the actual graduation ceremony, yes. there, is a, there is a deadline of May 15th every year okay. that the IEP team, the families, the, the educators, they must decide whether the student needs continued education through transitional services or whether they are ready and prepared to complete and, and graduate. Yes. Um, when a student defers, they're given the opportunity to continue their education up through the age of 22 in the year in which they turn 22. Right. Um, not the Transition is not for every student. If a student right. is, is college-bound or has a vocational program in mind that they are, they are going to go and enroll in upon graduation, then they should walk and, and graduate and receive their high school diploma. Right, right. But there's the population of students that maybe aren't sure what they're going right. to do. They may need some extra supports. And that's when it would be an appropriate time to defer and and enroll in a transitional program. Correct. Okay. Just want to make sure people knew that part of it. Right. If if a student graduates, then their options to attend a transition program are are not available anymore. Yes. So that's so important that people know that. So what is the process for admission into the program? So if someone's listening and they want to get in contact with you, um, how would they get in contact with you? And then what's the process? I would visit the Pepin Academy's website, which is www.pepinacademies.com. And on the website, there is um, an application section, and they would apply just as any other student in the – in the third through 12th grade programs. Okay. Um, an application is done. I usually contact the family for an interview and make sure that the program is the right fit for the student because we want to make sure that if they're going to defer their diploma and they're not going to receive it, that this is the this is the right opportunity for them. Right. I've had situations in which maybe it wasn't the right opportunity. Maybe the student need, needed more or less supports than our program had. And then we kind of talk about, okay, there's some other options out there. So it's not the... It's not the perfect program for everyone, but I believe that now more than ever, we're able to serve a greater range of students. Correct. Right. Well, my girls have had so many jobs working with Prep and Transition. They worked at the John Germany Library. 
the Tampa Police Department, the Public Defender's Office, and Christina at Moffitt. <laughs> and what's nice that you've got such a large program is that Christina at Moffitt, she did her TB test, and then she got her uniform. She goes to school. I mean, not school. She goes to Moffitt, and she can handle the smells because she's highly sensitive. So she only lasted there for a day. <laughs> And I had to go get Grammy to get her from school, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean from Moffitt. And um, but that's what was wonderful is it didn't matter because there was another job. So right. from there that's she right. went to TPD. Right, there's an option yeah. for everybody, yes. a range of opportunities. Yes, there is. Yeah, I think that that's a, a really important part. Actually, I think for a long time people thought about transition programs as kind of continuing education for particular subset of population and that may have very well been true but i think what we're creating uh in the reorganization of our program is the reality that um you know there there's a portion of students that are going to go to college as a college professor i'm excited for them about 15 percent of pepin's graduates get accepted to college um there's some that might have jobs lined up or vocational opportunities ready to go Uh, but then there's a subset that College isn't for them, and we have to do what we can to prepare them for the workforce. Uh, And that includes a a lot of students with a wide variety of abilities. And so what we've set up is a program that provides just that. You can be a a digital videographer for a car dealer, or you could be a shredder at the public defender's office, and we're going to have something for you. I know, because Christina was excited because she was learning shredding, and Mm -hmm. she really liked that. It just fit our personality perfectly well why don't we take a break and on the other side why don't we discuss some of the vocational opportunity learning experiences that you have available i'm julie ames and you're listening to the special needs family hour on am 860 the answer our guests are dr jeff skronik the executive director of the pepin academies and janae captain the transition coordinator of pepin academies please stay with us we'll be right back To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860 The Answer. I am here with Dr. Jeff Skronik, the Executive Director of the Pepin Academies, and Janae Captain, the Transition Coordinator of the Pepin Academies, a tuition-free public charter school dedicated to students with learning disabilities and learning-related disabilities. Now, over the break, we were just discussing that Technically, we hadn't defined what a transition program is, and it dawned on us that there are probably listeners whose kids aren't at that stage. What? How do you define a transition program, Jeff, the, Dr. The, Jeff? The, the, the transition program that we operate serves really as a pre-vocational program. Uh, I know some people don't necessarily love the word vocational, but I think it's important for us to talk about it as a pre-vocational uh, environment where we're providing a, early training for students to figure out uh, where their their best potential careers lie. Right. Uh, and so in our program, uh, we have students uh, go on to different job sites four yeah. days a week. We split it amongst two job sites. Uh, and then we have one day a week of curriculum classroom 
uh, experience where there's curriculum on various life skills needs. Uh, I liken I liken it to a life skills internship is how I explain it to a lot of people. Right. Um, and you know, students uh, explore their interests, and uh, our great transition coordinator figures out. Uh, based on the students' personalities and skill sets and, and their own unique needs, uh, what are the best sites for the student? Right. Uh, students then spend, like I said, uh, four days a week, two separate job sites, um, getting a hands-on experience from you know, real-world employers. Um, we also have a job coach with our students, uh, and I think the job coach is one of the most amazing and unique parts of what we do. The job coach serves as a conduit between the employer and the student. Uh, you could certainly imagine, no matter uh, how supportive an employer or an agency is of children with various abilities, uh, it, it, it wouldn't be uh, part of their regular day well, to try to integrate this program. That's right. Uh, and so what the job coach helps do is mediate that, mitigate that. And so supervisor tells job coach, here's what I need today. Job coach shows student. Student starts to go at it, and in their very true scaffolding model, uh, mm-hmm. starts to ease back on the supports that they provide. And the next thing you know, 60% of our students are getting jobs at these agencies because now they realize they can do these things on their own. Uh, and it's a really great opportunity for us to find their potential. Right. Um, the programs for students 18 to 22 years old who have met all of their high school requirements but then make the decision uh, with their parents and their ESE specialists and, and school staff to defer that diploma, defer receipt of that diploma right. to enroll into this program. Wow. Well, I know, too, the other aspect of it is um, my girls learned that, they're co- that they had coworkers. Mm. And that they would go to lunch with their coworkers, yep. and and they made sure that the kids paid for their lunch like themselves. And so, so there was the the classroom experience, but then there was the outside classroom experience. And and this is really little, but one of the job coaches, um, she said, you know, the kids talk about changing into their play clothes at home. She says, you need to change that. Miss Ames, it needs to be changed into your casual clothes. <laughs> and I mean, they're minor things, but you know, you're going along and you just don't think about these things. Yeah. I know I don't because I've got so many other things going on with the kids that I'm working on all the time. So let's talk about some of those vocational opportunities that are available. Janae. Well, some of them that you, you had mentioned earlier, such as uh, Moffitt Cancer Center, um, the Public Defender's Office, and the Tampa Police Department. We do still have those, but there have been many other opportunities added this year. Yes. Um, we started an excellent partnership with um, Furman Chevrolet, in which yes. um, we have three young men there that are in various departments at Furman, um, doing very different things. We have a student in the parts department learning about the inventory system. He's delivering parts throughout um, Furman. We have a student that greets the guests as they come in for service. Um, he just started using the iPad and, and digitally mm-hmm. checking them in. And then he preps the cars. He puts uh, the windshield wiper fluid in. He puts the, the mats and, and, and the covers on the seats. And then another student who I'm incredibly proud of is working side-by-side with the, the media um, relations in, in sending out emails, taking videos of cars, and oh, wow. and he's making personal connections with clients and sending them information about um, the vehicles. So he's doing excellent with that. Um, Another new partnership has been um, with Raymond James Stadium. We've worked with their food services, and the students were uh, working in the kitchen, 
making the Cuban sandwiches, prepping the cookie and, and fruit platters, um, delivering the food to the different suites. They clean the suites. Um, wow. The staff there had been excellent in, in, in making sure the students felt like they were really part of that kitchen team. Yes. And um, it, it's been a great opportunity. Well, I bet the kids really enjoyed just being at Raymond James Stadium. Yeah, That would definitely. be exciting. And interacting with people that yes. are out there working and feeling a part of that team. That yes. has been... The most valuable thing I think over right. there for them is um, they would make a, a family lunch and they'd all cook together and then eat together. Okay. So they would, you know, the students when I was there were making the lemonade and they knew how to do it. They'd go and get all the ingredients and make the lemonade for the whole um, staff in the kitchen. Wow. So they've, they've been doing some amazing things. Um, we also have a um, new partnership that's starting very soon with Advent Health okay. um, and we'll be working in various parts of the hospital really? um, through their volunteer services center. Yes. Um, I'm very excited. Actually, we're doing the orientation next week. Um, we're starting with a, a few students to get it to get it going and kind of get an idea of what our students can do and, and, and what's available to them. Right. And then next year, we hope to see that grow as well. Well, it's amazing all that's going on at Advent Health. Mm-hmm. I was there yes. recently, and it's just for those people that aren't on that side of town, just to how big they've gotten. And it's wonderful to know that they're forming a relationship with the PEP and Transition. Yeah, I'm really excited about that one. I know. That's great. Um, And then some of your jobs, what's neat, though, is at each location, sometimes there's various jobs available. Definitely. Like at at Moffitt, there's a large range of jobs. Or at Publix, can you tell them a little bit about those types of skills or... Right. Um, well, we're at two different Publix locations right now because we had so many students that I think it was a comfort thing. They're like, I want to work at Publix because I know what Publix is. And you see your friends working at Publix. We right. see them all the time mm-hmm. at Publix. Right. So it, we've actually, we started off with about 14 students at Publix, which was like almost half of our, our population. And we've kind of weeded them out and putting them in different opportunities this year. But at Publix, they do get a wide range, and a lot of them have applied. Um, I, I had a student this week that got a job at Publix. Great. And he's real excited. Um, at Publix, they're able to do things like the bagging, the stocking, fronting of the shelves. Some of them work in various departments, like the produce. Um, they work in the floral department, the meat department. So yes. they're able to do and learn about the store um, in various ways. So Right. Well, for instance, I didn't know that one job was just turning all the all the products and cans facing yes that's why Publix looks so nice because our students come in there I know and everything's (laughs) at the front of the shelf so every time I move something out of place I'm like oh my gosh but Maria's OCD so So that was a great job for her yeah right so if you're actually diagnosed OCD I mean there is a place right and in some of our students yes that's what they look forward to is going there and and fronting the shelves because they feel that's something that's successful for them they can do it they can see what they've done and it's an accomplishment Right, right, right. And then Moffitt, they, there's a range of jobs there too, correct? We have a pr- primarily the students are working with their green initiative. They're sorting medical supplies. Um, so they are actually reading like the barcodes on test tubes and they're, they're color coded. And some of our students that I, I would say like, um, I guess, a setting that isn't as overwhelming they're in the, they're in one room. That's the Pepin room there, and they're uh, able to sort the medical supplies. And they're also good. doing something good in that they're um, those supplies are donated to other countries. Um, so right. they also have that service component where they feel like they're making a difference. Right. Um, they've played 
bingo with the patients in the lobby. Um, they wipe down the wheelchairs. Um, we have some of our students in particular that have done really well that go and deliver um, mail throughout the building or run errands. Here, go make a fax. Here, take this to the secretary. So some of the students that are more independent have done more at Moffitt. Yes. Right, right. And then um, TBD, I remember Christina talking to me about ABC order. Oh, right. Yes, because she'd yeah. be doing all the filing. Right. At the fun. police, the kids get all excited when they hear, I say kids, young adults <laughs> get all excited when they hear about the police department. Yes. They're like, oh, I'm going to be with the cops and, and alongside them, you know, solving crimes. But they actually m- play a very important role in that um, the PEP and Transition students have um, in their own office in, in the police department in which they um do alphabetical and numerical order yeah. of citations, officers' overtime. So um, that's left just for our students to do. So right now they're they're getting a little worried because they're they just got to 2019, and here we're in, in February. So they're they're going there twice as much this week to kind of catch up because they right. feel like oh no we got to catch up. They're they're expecting us to do this because right. some of them struggle with the alphabetization and the yes. numerical order. So it takes them some time, but I've seen a lot of them improve this year in that, and, and they feel pretty proud of that. Yeah, well, Christina loved that. What was funny about it, she wasn't excited about working with the cops. She was just excited that it was a blue building. <laughs> okay. Because she likes blue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she thought it was neat, but mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just funny, the different perspectives. Yeah, and they're very welcoming. I mean, they we got to do a tour of the police department, and they have a therapy dog there that the students like to see. Um, and okay. so they feel a part of the a part of the environment. Yes. And then the public defender's office, your classroom is actually on the first floor there. Yes, we have a classroom there. Yes, yeah, so that's where they would go. If you're if you're they're located downtown, that's where they would go to class during the day. Right now that's our only classroom. We have all okay. the students attending class there. Um, the difference that I've seen in, in not having classes on the Tampa campus on Hillsboro yes. is that they now feel like they've kind of moved on from Right. the school setting and they're right. downtown they're in the yes. in, in the midst of it all and it gives them a greater sense of independence some of them had to learn different bus routes or take different modes of yes. transportation and um they're they've moved on from high school they're now yes i had i had not thought of that aspect because you've done a good job on campus of, of separating them because you did have it in a separate building and everything, mm-hmm. but I had not thought of that. Yeah, those classrooms right. aren't there anymore. Now they're mm-hmm. different. They're, they're used in different ways, and and we're looking to maybe have other classrooms out in the community as well. Okay, and the, the public defender office. What kind of jobs do they do there? They're there. They also have their own tasks that they do um, after court documents. So the students are working on the computers. They learn how to read the documents, which they had to teach me because I subbed one day and I was like, okay, this is confusing. And, yes. and they, they have steps. So in the beginning of the year, they had to learn how to read after court documents. They had to learn the computer system and the steps in which to input the documents. They scan them and then they have a process where they shred the documents after and, and they double check each other's work. So they're working yes. together as a team. Um, some good. of them have greater skills than others, so we partner them up a lot of times and like, all right, I want you to check their work. And, and they like working together rather than, than being alone because they like the social aspect of that as well. Right. Um, but in the beginning of the year, we had a whiteboard with magnets, and they had to move the magnet down for the steps, and, and it was hard and to remember the steps to doing these after-court documents. Right. And now they've got it. They've got it, and they're doing, you know, 100 of them a day. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's take a break. 
I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Our guests are Dr. Jeff Skronik, the Executive Director of the Pepin Academies, and Janae Captain, the Transition Coordinator of the Pepin Academies. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. I am here with Dr. Jeff Skronik, the Executive Director of the Pepin Academies, and Janae Captain, the Transition Coordinator of the Pepin Academies a tuition-free public charter school dedicated to students with learning disabilities and learning-related disabilities. Now, today, what does a typical day look like in the life of a vocational student or transition student? Well, our transition students um, attend class one day per week and are out in the community four days per week doing um, pre-vocational training on the job with a job coach. Our students go to various locations, um, public. Some students meet at Publix in the morning. Others might meet on campus and, and ride in a van with a job coach to a work location. Just really depends on, on the work site that they're at. But um, a typical day, our students would meet with a job coach, um, get started with, a, with whatever work is assigned to them. For example, our students that are at Well-Built Bikes, um, which is in the University Mall. Now explain what Well-Built Bikes are. Well-Built Bikes is a nonprofit um, that that they take donations for bikes. They could be in any type of condition, and they repair them. And they have a, a earn a bike program for people in the community that may not have transportation um, and may need transportation. Can go in and work on a bike and earn their bike in the end for the work that they've put in. Wow. Um, our students are learning how to disassemble bikes, um, identify what's a good part, what's a bad part. Um, they work in, in the warehouse and in the shop. Um, they're learning inventory um, and putting the bikes into the computer system. They work wow. alongside um, the staff there, and they're teaching them how to use tools and how to put together Bikes. Yeah, it's been pretty amazing. I was there last week, and and they were um, taking tires off of, off of the bike, um, pumping them up, and putting them back on. And they were timing them how quickly they could do it. And, really? and some of the students could do it faster than some, some of the workers could initially do it. I had one student do it in two minutes and fifteen seconds. Wow! Which, I mean, they were like, if they could do it in five minutes, that'd a be pit great. Crew, right? Yeah, a pit crew. Yes. So they're learning how to use tools. Um, also, the service learning component, I think, is important because they feel value in what they're doing. Yes. So and then so that so that's one one typical day. What mm-hmm. are some other what is for other students? What does their life look like? Right. Right. We have another group of students that meet on campus and, and drive in the van with the job coach to Marshalls, which is one of the TJ Maxx companies. Yes. Um, they go to Marshalls and they work in the in the stock room and unpacking the boxes. Um, taking out the clothing or the home goods, and they sort them, they price them. Um, sometimes they work out on the storefront, um, putting the items out, cleaning. Um, they're learning about the operations of a retail. 
establishment. So it's it's a great opportunity for them. That and it's a it's a group of girls. We got a little group of girls that enjoy. They send me pictures of the clothes when they take them out of the boxes, <laughs> oh, and they're funny. like, "I want this." So um, there, the staff has been great too, and and really making them feel a part of the store. Right. So. Right. Well, it's, an, it's amazing how many people are very open to our kids mm-hmm. on so many levels. So what what about other days? Because I know there's some kids that even work. Right. And so um, one of our students, um, he actually he does job training at um, with Tampa Sports Authority at Rogers Park Golf Course. So he goes oh. there in the daytime and does his training in, in maintenance and landscaping and and in any kind of uh, he does retail there too in the, really? in the store. So they're getting a multitude of experiences through Tampa Sports Authority. Okay, um, so Tampa Sports Authority is Raymond James and doing concessions, food there, or preparing things, but it's also the golf courses. Well, Tampa, Tampa Sports Authority is a management company, so they have oh, a lot okay. of different locations Got it. in Tampa Bay. Um, our students are currently at, at Rogers Park, but I think there's going to be other opportunities for them next year and in learning um, about the stadium and the operations of the stadium, yes. as well as um, some of the other golf courses they manage. So that's that's what's occurring right now. Um, okay. So they've been a real open partner with us in in really trying to find great opportunities for our students. Okay, so like so, for instance, a student at the Rogers Park that's mm-hmm. working there. So he also does another job too, right? So he's okay. at Rogers Park and he's also at Furman Chevrolet, but he also works at Publix. Okay. So he has a part time job um, in the evenings and weekends. So. Yes. He knows that ultimately his goal is not to just work at Publix. Right. So um, although he has a part-time job there, he wants to get other experiences, opportunities. And he's starting to learn about networking and realizing networking Uh is pretty important. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. That's That's another skill. That was was our unit this month was... uh, networking and, and making those connections and uh, first impressions and in that wherever you are, especially if you've got that pep and transition shirt on, yes. they're, they're going to be looking at you and they're going to be um, assessing your skills and it could lead to a job. Yes. Well, that's the other neat thing about this is, is when people hear of the pep and transition program, it doesn't mean that your child can't get a job right. and do job training. So, right. I just, I, I'm one of those people. I just hate the thought of people saying, I'm going to graduate and that's it. And they're not going to take advantage of all these other opportunities because more than likely they won't be employed full time. Right. It's very, yeah. Most of our students that start entry level positions and I keep telling them it's not full time. Don't be discouraged if you don't find full time work. Right. So in the process of getting that full time work, they can come to PEP and transition and learn other job skills in the meantime. Exactly. I mean, we're practicing um, writing resumes, doing interviews, and it's just giving them a lot of experience so that they feel ready to go out and work. Yes. I remember the girls dressing up specifically for their interview days. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> Getting ready for that. You know, our, our program isn't just about giving you some skills for a job. Right. I think anyone can do that. Right. Uh, you, you give someone enough time. It, we can help any of our kids get, get skills. Right. I think this is helping them become a well-rounded individual to to meet that potential that we strive for as an institution, right? And so, you know, you talk about a kid at well-built bikes, at a golf course, at a job at Publix. Right. That 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 guy is really figuring out what's best for him and and where is his true potential lying. Right. Uh, I think the most important part about all of our partners from. You know, Julianne Holt and the Public Defender's Office, which was one of our firsts to people like Eric Hart and the Tampa Sports Authority, 
is that they all realize that the only way we can find our students' true potential is to be willing and open to give them the opportunities to succeed. Yes. And Janae does an amazing job figuring out what our students should and shouldn't be trying. and Because right. you, you don't want to throw a kid into an environment where they're going to fail. Right. Because that just discourages them even more in an environment where they've been discouraged for far too long. And so she right. really thinks methodically, oh, what, what can I do and what can this student do and what's their personality like? We're certainly not going to want to make a, a, a service greeter someone who doesn't like talking to people, right? <laughs> right. And she really right. thinks about those things yes. to help them get to those points. And it's just a, a phenomenal moment for them when they get that job. It's nothing more rewarding. Yes, yes. Well, too, I remember Christina talking about kids that were working at Bush Gardens and Chick-fil-A and coming to the transition program. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We've got a student that works at a diner that he, he, he just got a job and he's like, well, can I miss class sometimes? I'm like, well, you need to tell them about your prior commitments and you need to decide. Is school more important or is the diner where you want to work? And that's, the, that's what you want to do. And he's like, right. oh, no. You're right. Transition is important. I'm going to let them know that I want to put my hours around it. Yes. And the kids are allowed. I mean, the um, children, the young adults (laughs) are are still able to access the vocational rehabilitation services and ADP and other agencies. Oh, yeah. We work hand in hand with them. So that's a question I get from parents a lot is like, oh, I don't want them to do transition because I've got voc rehab right now. Vocational rehabilitation is working with me. And what I say is we can all work together. Yes. So they can attend transitional. Um, they can have a voc rehab counselor. They can have services through ADP. Um, right. We all work together. Right. And um, a student does not become ineligible for another program because they attend transition. Right. Well, I enjoyed whenever you took the tour out to Noah's Villages or Noah's Landing. Mm-hmm. That was great because you were, you were giving the kids an opportunity to see what living independently would look like. Right. That was a we took the yeah we took yes. the students there so that they could kind of see like hey maybe I could live independently <laughs> one day maybe I need a little bit of support so that really we do a lot of field trips I think it helped yeah. I think it, it wasn't a fit for Christina it's just that's not where she is mm-hmm. but I could see a lot of kids oh they all wanted to move in they yes. were ready I know it's beautiful <laughs> out there <laughs> but that's so true well hey why don't we take a break and we'll come back and we'll continue this conversation. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. I'm here with Dr. Jeff Skronik, the Executive Director of the Pepin Academies, and Danae Captain, the Transition Coordinator of Pepin Academies. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you listen to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. I am here with Dr. Jeff Skronik, the Executive Director of the Pepin Academies, and Janae Captain, the Transition Coordinator of the Pepin Academies, a tuition-free public charter school dedicated to students with learning disabilities and learning-related disabilities. Now, to continue our conversation, how long does it take a student to complete the transition program, and what is the end goal or result of the program? Janae or Jeff? So I think uh, Jeff? I'll answer that okay. backwards a little bit, because I think the end goal of the program kind of dictates the length of time. Right. I think ultimately, our goal is to ensure that 
Uh, every student finds their path for their lives. I, I believe firmly that there is something for everyone in this world. Uh, yes. And our program is, a, you know, as Janae mentioned before, we're, we're a complementary program. We're not doing anything better or worse. We're just doing things a little bit differently and helping students that are in the 18 to 22-year-old age range find those steps after right. high, you know, the high school classes are over. Uh, and because of that, it does mean that a student can finish the program in a year or two, or they might go all the way to the age 22, and uh, we're going to then try to help them uh, after they age out, find other places that might continue to help them once our services are over. Uh, there are students that, you know, places of employment love them, and after right. a year they've learned what they need to learn, and the place says, hey, you want a job? Well, they can now take their diploma and go get that job. There right. are other students that will age out, and, and Janae and, and her team help them find other locations like Trident or Career Services that um, then will take those students on and, and help them further uh, find whatever potential career paths uh, exist for them. Yes. Well, I know like vocational rehabilitation, what was nice is the uh, Maria had someone working with her, and it was a discovery program, like understanding her talents. And it was wonderful because she got to go observe Maria last spring at her job with Pep and Transition. And from that, she was able to write up about Maria. And so it was neat because, you know, she had to get permission and she goes into the classroom and they see how they are interacting and what they're doing and that write-up really helped when we started the next phase of vocational rehabilitation of job placement it really helped a lot with it and part of it was observing her in the job she already had at Pepin Transition. Another another thing that we're we're working towards uh, we're, we're, we're revamping and reorganizing everything this year, and um, yeah. we've added all these new partners that we've mentioned today. But our next steps are really to try to re-engage and, and, and enhance our certification programs. Yes. We have um, a, a daycare VPK on our Tampa campus where we have a small select group of students that work with the children. Um, my daughter goes to the daycare, and, and one of her favorite people is in that infant and one-year-old class, and she's a former transition student that works for us. And so um, while it's a small group, we ha- try to help them get towards their DCF certifications. Uh, right. We are trying to revitalize the Safe Serve uh, certifications for food services. Right. Uh, and then our goal also is to try to create high school programming that will be able to roll over into the transition experience. So, for example, on our Riverview campus, we're hoping to, uh, we almost have all the pieces in place for a CNA program. And so if a student can... That's su- certified, certified nurse- nursing assistant, yes. Uh, and if a student can successfully complete that in high school, beautiful. If not, hopefully we set up an environment with places like Advent Health that they can now roll into and continue that training. Uh, ultimately getting those students that have that, that potential certifications that will just help them uh, solidify a career for life. Right, and it's, it's nice that you're even looking at starting it in high school and dovetailing it into the vocational training and with the job sites. Which Ab- is- absolutely. The goal of getting people into the workforce doesn't, you know, it, it, it doesn't just have to exist in one spot like transition. I think if our students aren't going to college or don't have you know, something set up someplace else, uh, we have to create a pipeline for them to be successful, whether they are going to organize and stock shelves or they're going to take 3D videos at a car dealership. We have right. to start early and take them through as far as we can to get them there. Yes, and what's so exciting is that um, the diversity or the eclectic group of jobs that you have for kids. 
Right. And so, I mean, those opportunities just aren't out there for our kids. And like vocational training, you may get your job, but then it's not, you're not going to know whether it's going to work or not. And then there's always the next job and what do you do? So like Maria's got her job and hopefully things will continue to go well. And Definitely hope so. I know. Yeah. So it's, it's all new to Maria and to <laughs> mom. So it's interesting. So please tell our listeners how to contact you. Um, <laughs> you can contact me at jcaptain, J-K-A-P-T-A-N, at theacademies.us, or you can call me at 813-453-7491. Um, that is my work cell, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Um, if you have any questions about the transition program, if you'd like to come and do a tour of the classroom. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860 The Answer. Please join us next Sunday afternoon at 1. Thank you for listening to the Special Needs Family Hour. If you've missed any part of today's program, you can get the podcast of this and every show at specialneedsfamilyhour.com. While there, please take advantage of the resources we've made available. And if you're so inclined, please support the advertisers that support this program. Special Needs Family Hour, Inc. is a nonprofit 501c3 organization. More than anything, just know that you are not alone. And we invite you to join us next Sunday at 1, only on AM 860. The Answer. The Answer.